Today in this episode, I interview my good college friend from UC Riverside, Eric Chen Photography. He's an amazing wedding photographer for over 16 years and has traveled the world. His style is super edgy and super creative. During pandemic, he bought a brand new home and turned it into a bourgeois and branding studio, super boho style. Today, we talk about how he's doing and tips of starting his new studio. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to Get a Heck Yes with Carissa Wu. I'm your host, Carissa, and I've been a wedding photographer for over a decade. I've traveled the world and seen it all. I coach wedding photographers, hit 10K a month, and build a thriving business. In this podcast, we are going to deep dive into how top wedding creatives get that heck yes from their dream clients. We are not holding back on the struggles of the business and how to push through the noise. Some healthy hustle, mindset shifts, up-leveling your money story, time hacks, a little bit of woo-woo, and most importantly, self-love are just a few of the many things we will talk about. I want to give you a genuine thank you for following along my journey. I hope to inspire you every Woo Wednesday so that you say heck yes to listening to this podcast. Hi, everyone. We are here with Eric Chen Photography, my good friend Eric. We went to UC Riverside together a long time ago, over a decade ago, and we were actually in the same hall. Um, he was a wedding photographer before I got started. And actually, during pandemic, he started a brand new boho branding and bourgeois studio in his beautiful home. And I actually got to check it out. Um, he just shot an amazing Mommy and Me shoot for me and my kiddos and yeah the space is just epic tell me a little bit about the boho space um sure yeah so i created um what i wanted to do was create another additional uh revenue stream or in, um, income stream because during the pandemic um there was no weddings going on right so we all knew that uh it was pretty bad for all of us so I just had to be creative. I thought to myself, like, what can I do to uh, do something for myself and also keep business going? Uh, so I bought a home and uh, <laughs> Congratulations. Con- converted one of the rooms uh, into, a, into a studio. I bought the home with the intention of turning it into a studio. So, I mean, Chris, you've seen it. It's a two-story bedroom with uh, like downtown loft-like windows. Um, and it's kind of an interesting space because within the the room there's actually like three rooms uh so it's really versatile for photo uh for photo shoots and um yeah i just i love that space and i can't stop looking at my photos it just makes me laugh and smile just seeing like the funny photos of my daughter's cali and piper they're just hilarious <laughs> they definitely have a lot of personality i remember you did a good job of, of being very expressive and then when you upped your energy it definitely was contagious to your kids and then they just they held on to that and they, they were just uh, a joy to photograph thank you thank you okay so eric we are going to talk more about your business but i'd like to start off with a very important question um, what is your biggest accomplishment in your business? Actually, I don't know that anyone has asked me that. So I would say um, it wouldn't be one sole thing that I did, but I've been around, as you mentioned, uh, for a long time. So I started shooting actually in college. I shot my first wedding in college. So that's about wow. 16 years ago. Um, so I think my biggest accomplishment is being where I am now in the sense that I created business 16 years ago. Uh, I never looked back. I still stuck with it. 
and um, and it's provided me with a lot of uh, fulfillment, um, a lot of joy, a lot of happiness, and uh, yeah, the fact that I'm still able to do what I love to do, I think, is a really big accomplishment for me. Yeah, I just want the viewers to know a little bit about your style because I feel like your style is so different. It's very unique. Um, if you scroll on Instagram, a lot of the feeds are looking very similar, but your your feed, your Instagram feed is definitely a showstopper. So I feel like, how did you get to that level um, artistically? Oh, these are really good questions. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, I've I've been around for 16 years, so there's definitely enough. There was definitely enough time for me to kind of figure out my own style, right? Um, I think when I started out, I really wasn't sure what I was doing. I had a, I remember having a conversation with one of my early friends slash mentors, and I just said, "What is my style like?" Because I didn't even know. And she says, "You're kind of edgy," and I said, "Edgy, oh, got yeah. it. I'll I'll go with that because." That's what she thinks I am. That actually was a very uh, a pivotal point, I think. Um, it was very downplayed, but it was like, oh, I, I realized, I guess I'm a little bit edgy. And so I always try to push the boundaries a little bit. I try to create things that are, are a little bit different. Like you said, Krista, you said a lot of the feeds on Instagram look very similar. Um, so I try to create something that's different. And I did that by connecting with my clients. I asked them like, hey, you know, what is your personality like? What it, what identifies you and, and your significant other? Let's create something that tells your story, like really, really tells your story, right? So sometimes what you see in like a lot of work out there, people are in fields of grass and it's really beautiful or the ocean, which is beautiful. So sometimes uh, my couples will say, hey, like I really, like my partner and I really like shopping at Costco. And so I'd say, well, let's go to Costco and shoot. And so yeah, we'll go there. Long food productions. Yeah. Like we'll go to Costco and shoot. And so we're, we're oftentimes like finding my, ourselves in like situations where it's not a common place to shoot. Yeah. Uh, but it, it, it provides a lot of uh, fun and of course a lot of challenge for me. So it helps me as an artist to keep things interesting and, and refreshing uh, because I know that if I were to shoot all the time in the same places, um, I wouldn't be as excited. Yeah. Cool, cool. Yeah, I love that Costco shoot um, with Wong Fu Productions. I just felt like you really captured the essence of their personalities, like, you know, the bride and in the car and him pushing her. Um, it's just so fun. And like the way you edited it, it just, it makes it so creative and fun and not just like, oh, we're at Costco. It's like, oh, you make Costco look amazing. I'm actually going to blow this up on a canvas, a 20 by 30 canvas on my in my room. So I don't even think I could do that myself. So Actually, the Wong Fu shoot was uh, at Target, but I also, so I did a Target shoot. And yeah, also, yeah. I did do a couple of Costco shoots too. Like, that's maybe that'll be the next thing. Maybe I'll start a new trend. I don't know, but toilet like, paper. <laughs> toilet paper, who knows? But my clients love it. Uh, they, they realize it's a little different um, from the stuff that they, they're used to seeing. Um, and uh, so it's, it's very happy for, it's, you know, very fulfilling for me to be able to provide something unique to my clients. Nice. Okay, Eric, uh, that brings me to my next question. And I'm sure your artistic style helps you get those clients that you want because you consistently get people that want that kind of style. But what is like your one, I call it my woo factor, but what really makes you stand out as, as far as your style, but as far as like your client experience, like 
what is your woo factor? What is your Eric Chen factor? I've been asked a similar question, but definitely have never never been asked what my woo factor is. Uh, but I guess what makes me different in the experience of shooting with me is my ability to interact and direct my clients. Mm. Um, so a lot of times I'll have my clients, you know, I'll say, you know, I, I try to keep <laughs> try to keep certain things a secret. It's kind of feel like it's my recipe, but you know, one of the things I have my clients do is I'll just say, I'll have them say what their favorite food is to each other in their sexy voice, you know, yeah. and that will inevitably make my clients um, laugh because who does that, right? Like I feed them a lot of cues and I feed them a lot of like lines and they just, they just love it. And, and what I've seen is, I, and, and Chris, you've probably seen this, like a lot of people aren't comfortable naturally in front of a camera. Most people aren't models or actors and actresses. Um, so once I give them a couple lines and they realize how I work, they're so much at, more at ease. And I've, especially the guys, I, I feel like I really, really work well with the guys too. Uh, because guys usually have the most uh, amount of anxiety or discomfort um, right going to a shoot. But once they see how I work, I've seen guys like totally transform during a shoot and and, and I can see them eagerly waiting for their next uh, shot or whatever. Uh, I yeah, think that's it, pretty funny that you say that because I think girls are really used to taking selfies all the time. Um, but guys, a lot of guys, just like my husband, he hates photos. He'll take photos in for two seconds and he's like, all right, all right, are we done? Are we done? Um, so it's nice that you could like, you know, give the guys perspective of easing into your process. Of yeah. I'm sure if you told your husband to tell you his favorite, uh, food in a sexy voice, he'll, I'm pretty sure he'll, he'll have fun with it. He'll probably <laughs> smile or laugh at least. Totally. So. And I want to give you props because you actually told me this years ago. I mean, over seven years ago, but you told me, I think at WPPI that you had a list that you wrote down, like how to make your couples laugh. And I think it was ahead of my time um, when I heard that, but I actually took note of it and, and I started doing the same thing. So maybe it's not like, you know, sticky note or in my, my phone, but I have mental notes of what makes people laugh definitely. Wow. Cool. Yeah. You have really, you have really great memory. I, uh, I don't remember that, but I'm glad it had a good positive impact on, on your career or yes. uh, the way you work. Yes. Yes. Okay. That brings me to my next question. What is the biggest struggle in, I would say the, the last five years of your business? I know you're transitioning to like the Boho Bourgeois studio, but just in general. Um, I think since I've been I know this, like I remember in the beginning, uh, first five years, I was never afraid to challenge myself um, creatively. I, and so that's also because I didn't know my craft as well. So I'm always thinking like, oh, what if I do this? Or what if I do that? Or if I, what if I try this angle? Or what if I go up there? You know. But now I think I've been doing this for so long that I've already, at least in my head, I already know what works best. So I try, yeah. not that I don't try as hard, but I don't try as hard to be creative. So trying to challenge myself every day, every session to do at least one different shot every single time, I think is, is pretty challenging. And I think also just being super excited or being as excited as I was in my first five years, because, you know, 16 years into anything, any job, any career, I think you're going to, uh, you know, you're going to get used to it. And I've, I've yeah. been to hundreds of weddings and I've seen, I've seen so many trends. I mean, trends kind of keep things fresh and exciting. But, uh, you know, but I've seen a lot of first looks at this point. I've seen a lot of like, um, like amazing, funny vows. Uh, but yeah, so I guess just reminding myself, like, 
why I love what I do, I think is probably the biggest challenge, especially in the last few years. I love that. Like sometimes we do get a little bit numb to it, the love, um, especially if you do like back-to-back weddings. That's why I don't like to do back-to-back weddings um, just to keep it fresh and exciting. Um, but when you're, you know, doing this for as long as we are, not to, you know, <laughs> say how old we are, but um, <laughs> we're not grandpa, grandmas or anything, but it's just keeping that fresh eye for it and just keeping like that passion and being creative. But are there any ways that you know that keeps you creative and like on your toes? Are there any like special habits that you developed over the years? These are such good questions. I think for a long time, what I love to do, um, and it wasn't even really directly re- uh, related to, to photography or wedding photography, but um, traveling was a, was it. I would consider traveling to be food for my soul. Yeah. Uh, whenever I go out there, I mean, when I go out to Europe or Asia or Africa or whatever it is, uh, I'm obviously like not seeing wedding photography, but I my eyes are open and I'm, I'm refreshed. I'm excited, not necessarily about photography, but I'm excited about life. I'm excited about, I guess, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about life in general. Yeah. And when I do that, I uh, I come back more refreshed, more excited. Uh, and, and, you know, it's kind of like a second wind coming back. Uh, sorry, I play some sports. So second, sometimes I use that reference, like, you know, you're tired from the first half, but you get a second wind in the second half. So yeah, yeah traveling is uh, what helps me um, stay fresh. Also, I mean, there's a lot of photographers who are, you know, who are a lot better than me. Um, I have no problem admitting that, like seeing their work. There's uh, always people better. Yeah. Like, and just kind of figure out what they're doing or how they're doing it. I'll be honest. Like sometimes I look at work and I'm like, I have no idea how they did it, but I I think I can come maybe close or I can try to mimic it in in some ways. So yeah, but traveling and basically looking at like people who are better than me. Definitely. I love that. Before we get into like our hot topic, um, can you just tell me your favorite place that you shot a wedding, destination wedding? Ooh, uh, okay. Oh, wow. I think one of the ones I will never forget was my wedding that I shot in Bora Bora. Uh, It was, I mean, obviously a a photographer's dream to shoot there. It's beautiful. I mean, there's nothing like it. I mean, it's like Hawaii, but even better. Um, I I remember this experience was unique in so many ways. Um, So this bride, uh, she decided to have not one, but two ceremonies, uh, at, in Tahiti or in Bora Bora and to not just have like one photographer uh, team, but two photographer teams just because I guess she wanted to. So obviously I photographed one of the ceremonies, but she had someone else photograph the other ceremony. I don't know. Like it was, it was really interesting. That's a little extra, but I love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was very eye opening. Like just knowing that some, some people can just do that because they decided that they want to. There was that experience, and I remember it was a very, very intimate wedding, very intimate wedding in Paris. And what I mean by intimate, it was the bride, the groom, the officiant, who's really just the bride's brother, and then uh-huh. myself, and that was it. And we woke up uh, at the crack of dawn. We went in front of the Eiffel Tower, uh, and we shot. And it was so nice. It was so beautiful until a busload of Chinese tourists came up and then they just like flooded the background but we had probably oh i think we had probably like five to ten minutes of 
of just complete silence and just complete, uh, not complete silence because we were, they were talking amongst ourselves, but just the whole space to ourselves. And that was, obviously that would be a very, very memorable and unique experience. So those, those two, uh, Bora yeah, Bora. Yeah, you going to happen when you travel, right? Never know. That's makes, it makes it exciting. But uh, yeah, I, I think I used to live for it. Now, sometimes like when things happen unexpectedly, I get a little anxious. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, in our field is you know even I even you, like took the shot and like you jumped on a bus in New York or something. It was like this epic shot of like you jumped on this um, triple decker bus somewhere. Oh, you know what? That may have been possible. Yeah, we'll keep the conversation going. I wanted okay, to talk about our hot topic today, and that is your new Boho branding studio. Um, and just like tips um, of running it and your pointers of anything you could give me and the viewers. Okay. Um, I think what it's still in its um, early stages. So, uh, you know, to be completely honest, like I'm still learning myself, but I can share what I know so far. Okay. So to be truthfully, like completely honest, I don't have a strong uh, affinity to Boho. Uh, Boho is something that, I mean, look at me, I'm just kind of a normal guy, right? I designed something that I think would be very, um, very attractive to you know uh, a certain clientele. Uh, yeah. So I did first. I, I started off with researching what like boho is all about, um, and I actually got a boho from just shooting weddings. There's like some boho weddings I shot. I was like, okay, this seems to be pretty popular, and I really like the style. So let me learn about it. So I went first. I went to Pinterest, and then started looking at boho like bedrooms and boho decor, boho. Um, wardrobe and then what i did was uh i picked out a color palette uh, i just like i said okay what kind of color palette do i think would work well and then i started shopping for furniture rugs pillows throws all over the web um, a lot of it comes from facebook marketplace i, I still wow. shop every single day every single morning every single night i just look up some stuff because you know a lot of the used uh bow stuff is or used anything is pretty cheap yeah, so a lot of people during the pandemic, a lot of people are moving out of the state. So a lot of people have moving sales. I go and, and you know grab what I want, um, and just piece by piece, I was able to create a studio full of boho stuff. So that's that was the first two steps. So find a you know like do some research on what boho is, and you know find, build a Pinterest board, uh, and then um, start looking for furniture. And then third, I I started I needed to create content, so I started doing test shoots in there, right? So I I had models and uh, for, I, well, this is during the pandemic. So first, I just I was too nervous about random people coming in, so I just photographed people that I know. I was like, hey, do you have COVID? And if they're like, no, then it was like, okay, cool, come on in, we'll shoot a little bit, uh, build some examples of like, so what this place is. So and also just to get, uh, for me to understand how light works in my studio and how the space is because uh, it's still an, it's a new space for even for me. Um, and then after that, I build an Instagram. And then after that, my next step, which I haven't done yet, which, which is build a website so that people can contact me through the website. But um, something else I've been doing, I submitted my space to peer space and where I get rentals uh, from that. And also I recently submitted uh, to another, to another web website called home studio, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I just got accepted to home studio. So it's basically that one room can, you know, provide like two streams of income, like once like the rental side, plus I can use it for myself. Uh, so that's kind of where I was 
going with that. And that's kind of what I did for everything. Well, first of all, like you have a great eye for design. Every oh, inch of your studio called Almond Butter Studio is just so clean and um, just so put together so perfectly. And the light in that studio is just amazing. So you did an amazing job. What is it just from experience, but is your mind always on multiple streams of income now that you've been doing wedding photography, you know, for so long um, and you're more experienced and, um, you know, just, you know, you can't be there all the time um, and just making money in different ways. Um, what is like your, your process right now, like thinking about multiple streams of income? Yeah, well, yeah, definitely it is how my mind works now. I had to, re- had to reprogram myself, recalibrate during pandemic because before pandemic, all my eggs were in one basket, which is wedding photography. And I thought to myself, it should be fine because I live in Southern California. We have uh, weddings year round. I don't have to worry about anything. Nothing should go wrong. It's a big market for weddings. Uh, of course, nobody would have expected the pandemic to happen. And so, and when it did, it became a big epiphany for me. Like I, re- I knew that if something were to happen with weddings or if something were to happen to me, I would probably be in some trouble. A big, you know, global pandemic happened. I was in trouble just like much of the world. And so I started to think like, okay, what can I do? Like I, I pivoted very quickly. I just started doing all different kinds of things. Uh, so yeah, my mind's always thinking about like, what can I do to additional streams of income so that I kind of have a, like a security blanket. If, if one goes down, like, I don't think we'll have another pandemic, thank God, or I'm sorry, not thank God, but uh, I hope, I really pray that we don't have another pandemic. Um, but you never know. And life is always unexpected. So if something were to happen, uh, I know that I can just, you know, focus on different, my other projects or other, my other streams of income and I'll be okay. So I'm always trying to think about ways that I can create passive income streams. So my studio is both passive and active, right? Like I can, if I rent it out, then it's, most majority of it is passive. I still have to, you know, contact people uh, via email and, and send them directions and make sure that the studio is clean. But, um, you know, for the most part, like it just kind of sells itself. It's, it is a very beautiful studio. Uh, obviously it's an active income stream. I, you know, I get to shoot in it for myself. Uh, but yeah, so I'm always thinking about different ways to support myself. So if something else happens, I'm not going to worry too much. Yeah. And also like if you want to just completely stop wedding photography, like you'll have that and all the other multiple streams of income that you're working on as well. Correct. Yes. And also um, weddings are primarily on Saturdays and maybe not, if not Saturdays or Sundays and Fridays. I've been doing this for 16 years. And so I kind of miss my weekends. You know, like a lot of my friends, uh, on my friends now are wedding vendors, but my non-wedding vendor friends, like they always have birthdays and yeah. things like that so i i you probably understand chris like i miss out on like a lot of like life so if i can transition a little bit to like daytime or not daytime shooting but weekday shooting yeah. mm-hmm. like because most people are working anyway so i can't i'm not doing anything if i can transition to like maybe half half like maybe half weddings and half daytime shooting i can get some of my my weekends back and and i can have a little bit more flexibility in terms of like where i put my time and energy also, hopefully increasing just my income overall uh, with, you know, all these things put together. Yeah, I'm doing the same. I mean, I have two little ones, so I don't want to be doing, you know, 30, 40 weddings. I want to be doing 15 weddings and doing the coaching thing. Um, so I think we all kind of pivoted, um, pivot 2020, 
during um, the pandemic, so you you getting the Boho Studio and me doing the coaching. So I think that's just like us being veterans in the business, would you say? Yeah, um, I think most of us who have been around for a while, um, you know, they'll start talking about things like what what other things I can do. And I think it's because uh, it is very tiring and it's very taxing in our body to carry yeah. like the weight of our cameras um, all, you know, all day for, you know, one or two days, depending on if you're shooting back-to-back weddings. Uh, so yeah, it's, thankfully it's not super taxing on our bodies, but um, it's taxing enough where like, even when I was in my twenties, uh, my feet would still hurt at the end of the day after like 10, 12, like totally. wedding 14 hangover hour wedding Yeah. <laughs> the next day, honestly, the next day I'm out. I can't get up. Yeah, I, I don't even try. I just lay yeah. there. This season's podcast is sponsored by Photo Booth Supply. Photo Booth Supply helps entrepreneurs start and scale their businesses by creating meaningful experiences with a photo booth. Living in the digital age, anywhere people gather is an opportunity for experience. And what better way to capture those memories than with a photo booth? There has never been an easier way for photographers to scale their businesses, increase their marketing efforts, and maintain cash flow during off-season than with a photo booth like the Salsa Booth. Increase revenue 600 to 800 per event by adding a photo booth to your services so you can make more money and work less. If you don't provide a photo booth, someone else will. So stop leaving money on the table and get yourself a salsa booth today. The biggest takeaways I'm getting right now from your Boho Studio is having multiple streams of income um, and always keeping that in mind. Just um, even if you're getting started, just maybe in two years, like you could add like a photo booth or you could add like a branding studio or mommy music studio, just like getting people's um, wheels turning. Um, and also a great tip I got from you was the Facebook marketplace and going on Pinterest and really seeing like that style and creating this niche that you don't really see out there because you said there's not many boho studios. So you just really wanted to be different. And I think I really admire you for that because you were so niche in the wedding photography industry, so unique, your style. And then you take that also to your new ventures like this, this boho studio. Yeah, um, that's a great point. Uh, something I didn't mention earlier was I did do some research on peer spaces around my area just to see what's available. Um, I live in like San Gabriel Valley. So there aren't, to be honest, like there aren't very many studios um, to begin with. But definitely not too many boho ones. I did find one um, sort of like downtown or like a little bit west of downtown. Yeah. Uh, but I guess a tip for those who are trying to start studios is like do some research on on what's available around you. And, you know, if so, if there's a lot of whatever you want it to be, you just have to make sure you price it competitively. Otherwise, you'll get priced out or try to th- find something that's unique to to you. And, uh, and also just try to, try to add features to the studio that uh, you know, maybe other studios don't have. For example, I'm not too far from downtown, but maybe about 12 minutes from downtown. Uh, but what I can offer is just a cleaner space, um, like, <laughs> like available street parking that's free, yeah. right? It gets downtown, tends to be a little bit more crowded, maybe not as clean. Uh, parking can be, and as anybody knows, like downtown LA can be just a headache. Um, so I have that to offer. Um, so I, I definitely try to show that in the pictures, like how clean and how convenient, uh, how clean the space is and how convenient it is uh, to get to. Um, yeah. So just do your market research. Great tips. Um, yeah, it's very clean for sure. Um, one 
question before we go into like rapid fire questions and kind of wrap it up. But I'm a wedding photography coach or coach for wedding photographers. So, you know, we're always learning no matter what. So if you had a magic wand, where would you see your business in three months, the Boho Studio? Oh, okay. In three months. I mean, at this point right now, I'd say it's like 95% complete in terms of like my decor so obviously in three months, it would be um, 100% done. My website would be built uh, for okay. it. And so I would be having at least, I mean, I would say ideally a handful of sessions per month um, during the weekdays, which wouldn't affect my weddings at all. And uh, yeah, so I would say, you know, like the studio uh, design is pretty much done, but yeah. the, the business development, that still needs some work. So three months, I, I think, I don't see why... Uh, it shouldn't be done or shouldn't be at a point where I'm booking a few sessions per month. Um, the only thing that would be holding me back is if I just, uh, if I get lazy. So it's also a challenge of, of being a wedding photographer, being in the industry for so long, like just making sure that you're still motivated, uh, making yeah. sure that you're still going uh, every single day and not letting yourself just be too content. Cause once you're content in business, you, you know, I, I was, I try to think about business, as a boat, if you if you don't if not moving, you'll probably sink. Cool. Um, that was. I'm actually gonna write that down for you, Eric. So I'm gonna follow up with you sure. in a couple months to see if you got that website done. And that'd be great. I gotta play coach. Yes, that'll <laughs> keep me accountable. Once yes. I'm accountable, uh, I'm usually a lot more motivated. But uh, yeah, since it is part of my house, I also make sure I <laughs> pay my mortgage. So, yeah, totally. Uh, that's that's that should be enough for me to uh, stay motivated. And, and stay on exactly. top of things. Okay, so we're gonna do a little bit of rapid fire questions, if you don't mind. Um, just kind of fun questions. So let's see, what was the most funniest or craziest thing you've seen at a wedding? Oh, um, this is not maybe not the craziest or funniest thing, but this is the first one that came into my head. Uh, it was a Vietnamese wedding uh, many many years ago, and uh, in just like many traditional. Asian um, or Vietnamese weddings, the bride and groom goes to table table to toast them. They're always drinking, or there's you know they're supposed to be drinking. Sometimes some couples will just drink water, or the bride and, uh, bridesmaids or grooms will help drink uh, for them. But this bride and groom uh, definitely did not do that and just uh, drank at each table, and they had many tables. So uh-huh. um, I remember the bride didn't make it to the last uh, table, um, and she just. After, you know, after a couple, after maybe 30, 40 minutes of table rounds, she was no, no longer to be found, um, but did, it did not stop the groom and the, re- the rest of the wedding guests to, uh, to party. And usually weddings, uh, especially the Asian weddings, which is like a lot of the ones I photograph, it takes some time for the, uh, the, the dance floor to warm up or for it to populate, uh, unless like the DJ is like really, really good or whatever. But I just remember I've never seen a dance floor get so popping um, so quickly. Like within, I think once the music was open, like music started, uh-huh. dance floor was open, it filled up and it was like, I, I basically it was like Vegas, Vegas at 2 a.m. in like Orange County, like at 10 p.m. Um, I bet you wanted to get down on the dance floor, right? <laughs> oh, I, I, I kind of did, but it was too extreme. Like even for my level, like I, I saw it, I was like, "Whoa, I'll that." But this is a lot. I didn't expect it to escalate this quickly. Um, so that's probably the one, the first one that comes to my head. 
Yeah, that was a great answer. I love Thanks. that. Okay, uh, next question. Um, what is the greatest advice or best advice you have for up and coming wedding photographers? Oh, uh, okay. Advice for up and coming photographers. I guess uh, I, I will tell them something that I I did do myself, but I wish I did my I did this more often. Is just to find a really good mentor, uh, find someone who you really admire, and second shoot for them. I remember when I first started, I shot weddings, but I really didn't know what I was doing. Uh, I thought I knew what I was doing because I, I came from, I you know, I went to college with Cursa and I, I shot for uh, the school newspaper. So within that, I was able to cover a lot of different types of events. So to me, I remember thinking to myself like, oh, weddings are just another event for me. But then I realized, uh, you know, after a year or two, or no, after like a year, uh, weddings are can be very complex. There's a lot of moving parts, a lot of people, a lot of a uh, lot of details, a lot of things are all you know coming together all at once in one day. So it can be very overwhelming. So if you don't know what you're doing, I would advise you to not just try it, uh, but just you know, shadow someone, assist someone. If you are really uh, a really really beginner beginner beginner. Uh, yeah, just maybe hold bags. Um, if you're pretty, pretty comfortable with the camera, uh, then second shoot or third shoot. Third shoot probably might be best idea and then second shoot and then, you know, work your way up. Uh, yeah, you can learn so much by just watching at one wedding. Yeah, exactly. Cool. So. And then do you have an advice? Um, this is just for like, not just photographers, but entrepreneurs or um, anyone that owns a business. What is like one mindset tool shift or advice it could be anything it could be like a podcast you listen to like a youtube channel like how do you get yourself motivated uh i don't have to motivate myself too too much because i feel like i'm passionate about what i do so yeah i would say I find that. yeah find something that you're passionate about because if you're not passionate about it I don't think people will, uh, you know, whatever project you're working on, whether it be YouTube channel, small business, it may not last very long. And if it does last for a long time, I think it will show, um, you know, if it's a small restaurant or whatever, it, it'll show your food quality will probably go down after some time. If it's a YouTube channel, your energy will go down, your quality will go down. Uh, but if you're continually passionate, like truly passionate about something, that should be enough fuel for however long your, you know, your project, your business will last. Pursue your passion. And you're smart about it. Money will always come in in some way or uh, at, at some point. You'll you'll figure out a way to generate uh, money from it. Yeah, I love that Steve Jobs commencement speech to Stanford. Just you know, find your passion because work's going to take up a lot of your your life. And if you find your passion, like I guess they say, it's not work, but <laughs> you don't have to work a day in your life. But exactly. it's kind of not true. But in a way, yeah. it is. Because weddings are so much fun where we get to be there like on someone's most special day. Everyone's so happy, looking their best, being their best. And it's just a joy. Um, but yeah, it was so great chatting with you, Eric. Can you tell the subscribers and followers like where to find you? Yeah, sure. Um, so easiest way to find me is on my Instagram, Eric Chen, E-R-I-C-H and C-H-E-N dot. Oh, sorry. E-R-I-C-H-C-H-E-N, right? Uh, and then for my new studio, uh, it's Almond Butter Studio. And then my website, uh, which is same thing, it's ericchen.com. Yep, those those would be it. Cool. And any lasting advice? I know you gave so much. Uh, lasting advice. Um, I would say follow Carissa. She's She's got the woo factor. She's awesome. She's got great energy. 
Okay, honestly, I know that we've talked about, been talking about me, but Carissa, I really, really admire your your hustle. And so, for those who don't know, I met Carissa through college, but I re saw or I, I saw you WPPI, which is a large Las Vegas uh, convention for photographers who shoot weddings and portraits. And knowing Carissa, I, I thought you were in Vegas to party. I was like, oh, what are you doing here? And uh, you're like, oh, I became a wedding photographer. And I said, oh, really? And I, I remember asking you, I said, Chris, like, how's business? And then I can't remember what you said, but I do remember you saying you had you had X number of weddings. And I remember thinking to myself, X, you're, you had probably had more weddings than I did. And I've been in it for a few years. So, I mean, yeah, truthfully, uh, you know, for those viewers, like, follow Carissa because she's you're really, really good at uh, business. I've never overlooked that. Like, that's such a, I think, positive uh, future for, for you. And I've really admired, like, how you were able to transition from, like, because you, you had at least a couple different businesses before wedding photography. But yeah. now that you're doing it, like, now that you went to wedding photography, you went all in. Like, you literally jumped into the pool and like never like you learned how to swim very quickly you never like clung onto the side like you you learn how to swim and you swim hard and you swim long so um, kudos to you kudos Thank to you, you. congrats yeah. to us for being veterans in the business and i can't wait for our next shoot and i can't wait to see what you pick up at facebook marketplace again yeah <laughs> Come by and you'll see it. So Yes. Okay. Yeah. Great chatting, Eric. Likewise. All right. Bye. Thanks for joining me this week on Get a Heck Yes with Carissa Wu. Make sure to follow, subscribe, leave a review, or tell a friend about the show. Take a screenshot and post to IG. Tag me. Also, don't forget to download my free guide on how to become a lead generating machine. See you next time, wedding pros.